In today's gospel, Jesus astounds his hometown with deeds of power. But in the course of his deeds and teachings, he offends his own people because they know him too well. The people of his town know his work. They know his family. They know where he lives, where he shops, where he likes to read, where he gets his coffee. They also know he is born the son of a carpenter. And in the worldview where one's origins determines one's destiny, they are certain Jesus is overreaching himself. As such, they put him in his place, reminding themselves of what they know only too well, that Jesus is one of them, an ordinary human being who should be doing ordinary things. He should be making tables and chairs and not speaking wisdom, curing the sick and casting out demons. His prophetic speeches and actions may be honored elsewhere, but among his own people, it only produces offense. Many of us have heard the phrase, familiarity breeds contempt, where the more we think we know one another, the more we see one another in ourselves. And the more we see one another in ourselves, the more we are critical of others, of what we first see and criticize in ourselves, where we tend to label people, make them predictable, and as such put them into a box where we could judge them, control them, and protect ourselves from the hurts of envy and jealousy and the familiarity of our own shortcomings. Think back to a time when you were misjudged or misunderstood, where your identity and expression as a human being was put in a box out of convenience by someone else. This is exactly what is happening to Jesus today. At Nazareth, the hometown people will not allow Jesus out of the box they have put him into. But there is a way out of this box, which is this. Whenever we are analyzing other people and putting them into a nice, neat little box, we should realize that not too far away, we are being analyzed and are being put into a nice, neat little box. So the first step in breaking this destructive cycle of self-judgment is simply to be aware that it exists. We must see our tendency to judge each other as the predictable and unavoidable flaw that we all share in our humanity. We must be aware that judgment is something done in us and at the si same time something done to us. Secondly and more importantly, we must break this endless cycle of returning judgment for judgment and hate for hate by responding with something new exactly what Christ did for us on the cross, where we break the cycle of sin and death 
when we respond with something new, when we respond with love for hate, mercy for judgment, humility for pride, kindness for envy, patience for intolerance, and generosity for greed. When we do this, we destroy death and we create life, exactly what Christ did for us on the cross. It seems that it comes down to this. If we don't like the box people put us into, the only way out is to respond with something new. When people offer us sin, the proper response is transcendence. Because to respond with transcendence is to recognize that we are all related to the ultimate mystery of God. And therefore, we will always be more than the boxes that have been made for us. To grant others their dignity rather than to grant them our judgment is to elevate them so that their dignity will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when we can live up to that dignity as Jesus did in Nazareth, then everyone will have to face the fact that their boxes are too inadequate. Only then can we break the boxes of mediocrity that others put us into, because no one could ever imagine how utterly magnificent we are in God's eyes, that our life is more than what we imagine our life to be, that we are mysteries unto ourselves, ever-evolving toward our destiny with God. St. John Paul II said it best when he said that every being is a single, unique, and unrepeatable manifestation of God that someone thought of and chosen from eternity, someone called and identified by name. We must find great joy in this truth in spite of our self-criticisms, which are often too harsh and too cruel and the cause of our struggle. The Apostle Paul understood this struggle of self-doubt all too well. But the Lord promised him what he promises us in our darkest hours. Thus says the Lord, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. No matter how difficult our struggles may be, both known to others and to us alone, rejoice because God's grace is sufficient. That is real freedom.